um, I was I was getting really obsessed with uh, multi-sig and custody, thinking about my own, like, how do I secure my own setup? Hmm. And so what I started doing, and this could be, uh, you know, applicable to the listeners, I was just, um, I wrote a guide, like I literally just wrote an article using Unchained's open source tool called Caravan. So I wrote a guide, like, how, how do you use Caravan to secure your multi-sig setup? And I, I'm pretty sure I remember I had like pros and cons too. I gave them some feedback. I was getting close with the team on Twitter, just kind of DMing people and interacting with them on Twitter. So I think it was a combination of proof of work, like contributing, showing that you- Some upfront understand. work. Absolutely, upfront work, mm -hmm. um, not expecting anything in return. And, and then just kind of, I don't want to say the word networking. Networking is not the way I think about it. It's more just- becoming friendly with people sure, um, and just becoming friendly with people on Twitter. And then what I was also doing was going in person and seeing these same people again and again at conferences and meetups. And Welcome to the Bitcoin Talent Co. podcast, where we interview entry-level to C-level executives about working in the Bitcoin industry, learn about their interview process, what they do day-to-day -day at their Bitcoin job, and advice for current job seekers looking to work full-time in Bitcoin. Hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Bitcoin Talent Co. podcast. I'm your host, Eric Podwaski. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Sahil Chattervedi, who is a Bitcoin freelance designer working with some of the top Bitcoin companies out in the industry right now. Um, and he's also the co-founder of the Austin Bitcoin Design Club. So uh, if you're a listener right now and you're into design, you want to work in Bitcoin, I think this episode is going to be really special for you because Sahil will have some great words of advice on how to get into this industry and start working with Bitcoin companies for their des design needs. I'm telling you, these companies need help. So the more designers, the better. Let's get more people into this space. So Sahil, welcome to the show. Um, <clears throat> before we get started, I want to talk about your life before Bitcoin. What was your career in uh, leading up to getting to this space? Yeah, that's a good question. I've kind of been uh all around the place. So before I was working in Bitcoin, I was, uh, I'm from the San Francisco Bay area. So I was kind of doing the whole tech thing, uh, doing design work at a enterprise SaaS kind of startup. So that was what I was doing most recently. But before that, uh, I was actually in college and that was kind of where I found that was kind of part of my Bitcoin journey was like in college in school. I was, yeah, I was, I was running my own startup at the time. So running startup, in college studying computer science and it was just this weird confluence of events that kind of led to led to bitcoin as well mm -hmm. um but yeah the, the startup i was working on which we can take that in whatever direction you want yeah let's let's do that, that. I, just, I want to get an idea of like your skill set like what what have yeah. you built up before you got into the industry yeah so i started uh you know going to school i i remember before i went to college i was thinking about what do i actually want to do and a pretty safe path was, of course, computer science. You know, that's oh yeah, that's just from, from your family, you, you hear that oh, you should go to computer science, you should be an yeah. engineer, and that worked out well. I always really loved my computer science classes in high school and um, loved computers and that kind of thing. Hmm. I think the later I got into into my college degree, I was realizing that hey, this is a lot of math, which is totally cool and it was great. It was like AI and this kind of stuff, but the later I was getting. Um, into like my uh, final classes, I was kind of just like, I really want to get into more of user facing or end user facing, you know, product type stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was super clear to me, to be honest, that that was a thing I could do. It was just a vibe that I had. 
you know, if I think back, I'm like, sorry to cut you off. Two questions. Were your your parents upset with it at all that you got this degree and then you said, screw it. I'm completely switching. That's a really good question. I think there's a lot of questions, right? About what is design? Mm -hmm. Is it, um, are you like drawing things on paper? Is it art? Is it like, there's natural questions about the feasibility of the, of the degree of like of the job. Yeah. Um, but I think the more I, you know, talk to my family and the more you kind of understand what design is and how design is really, um, the way I think, maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, but the way I think about design is like, uh, if you're, you're, you're like an architect of a building, right? There's an engineer and there's an architect. And when I kind of explain that to, to, to my family, I think that kind of makes more sense and sure it, it makes things more aligned that way. Yeah. yeah. So how did you make that transition? then? that's, I guess that's my second question. Yeah. Oh, for, from, from that computer science. Yeah. Like how do you like skill set for design needs? Yeah. I think a lot of that comes down to, so I, I think a similar analogy is like, let's say you want to break into engineering or, or yeah, being like a software engineer. Sure. I'm guessing a lot of the advice you'll hear is pretty similar, whether it's computer science or design It's kind of just, you have to copy things that exist and eventually you're, you'll find your own taste. So to be specific about design, what I was kind of doing is I was just picking up um, the tool at the time, which was sketch. And I just literally picked it up and I was just copying stuff out there. So I would find mm-hmm. like Airbnb's website or Spotify's website and just trying to copy what they were building essentially. And that got me familiar with the tool. And at the same time, I'm just being ravenous about consuming all sorts of information, whether it's like medium blogs or design books or honestly design Twitter is in, insane. The, you know, the way we love Bitcoin Twitter, design oh, Twitter right. is, I'm not on is the place to be. Okay. Yeah. Design Twitter, I'm telling you is the place to be like, even if we all move to Nostra someday with, yeah. you know, with Bitcoin stuff, I'm going to be heavily on Twitter because of design Twitter. So yeah. Okay. Great. 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 Good to know. Yeah. It's a good resource yeah. for people. Uh-huh. Um, awesome. Yeah. And what was your startup by the way too? Yeah. So, so when I was in, in college, it was one of these situations where I was kind of just saying yes to everything. I was just like trying a bunch of new things. And one of these things that I kind of fell into was um, meeting my co-founders at this entrepreneurship club. And, you know, long story short, we kind of pivoted a bunch of different ideas, but what we ended up building was this um, influencer marketing agency, essentially, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Because um, at the time, I don't know if you're familiar with Twitch or, or if the listeners are familiar with Twitch, it's like this gaming, esports, live streaming site. And at the time, brands were not really a fan of that audience or, or the, those streamers because they were like, oh, these are 35-year-old guys in their basement. And they don't really add any value. But what we showed was like, hey, these guys have a huge audience and therefore they can bring you, you know, a lot of eyeballs to your product. Um, and so we eventually got funding from 500 startups in San Francisco. We got funding from Disney in LA. So kind of took some time off of school to do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, once you have Disney on your name, then you, <laughs> then you start, we start working with like Audi and Coca-Cola sure. and all these big brands, Verizon. Yeah. So yeah, that was a crazy journey. And I was still kind of doing school at the time. Eventually, we ended up getting uh, sort of aqua hired by this esports team. Mm-hmm. Um, and around that time is kind of when I was like, okay, what's my next move? And that kind of brings us back to the design conversation of like, I was thinking about, oh, computer science, user facing stuff. Oh, okay, design. And then I, I got very fortunate with a um, internship 
kind of happen to just know someone there. And maybe that's a, yeah. a related question, like how do you break in sort of thing? Um, so I'll, I'll pause there and see if you want to take it any direction. <laughs> well, I know right around that time as well, that's when you found Bitcoin. So let's let's take it next to, tell me the story of you finding Bitcoin and then how did you break into the industry? Yeah, yeah. The Bitcoin story was, was fascinating and it's probably shocking to a lot of people who are like, uh, well, yeah, I'll keep it at that. Like, so this is my last last essentially my last class in college and this was like 2018 or something bottom of 2018 and um i was just looking for the easiest class to take to get out because i wanted to honestly do design stuff sure and so i found the highest rated professor and it turned out to be uh, uh blockchains and distributed systems which is okay. like crazy you know weird that it ended up that way and i just remember being the only one in class who was super into um I was just super into it. I started watching like Andreas videos and I just got super hooked. Hmm. Um, so did yeah. the teacher bring up, the professor bring up specifically, talk about Bitcoin? Well, so the whole class, we learned about um, how Bitcoin works, how does lightning work? Oh, and that's of course, awesome. like there was like Ethereum L2s and stuff. So that was yeah. kind of interesting. Still but... back in 2018. Yeah, that was still pretty early yeah. on. It, it was, was it was very surprising. Exactly. And I mean, I, I remember we even had like a, a guest lecture from... Maybe some of the listeners will know that the dandelion was like a dandelion protocol. Um, that was just interesting to to see all that. So that's mm -hmm. what got me my interest in Bitcoin, and then I uh, that's what got me hooked. Um, yeah. Didn't really have much money at the time, but then fortunately after that we got Aqua hired, and uh, that's kind of what got me financially into Bitcoin. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'll pause there, and then I can uh, I can talk yeah. about how to get into Bitcoin as yeah, well. Yeah, let's, in the let's talk about how to, how to get in now. How did you break in the industries after graduating from school? And yeah. you're working in different design positions and maybe a corporation or so companies. Yeah. How do you break in, into the Bitcoin space with design? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what I was doing after school was basically, as I kind of mentioned, you know, enterprise SaaS startups, typical til uh, Silicon Valley tech. And I was doing that for a couple of years. And the more, the more and more I was just getting involved in Bitcoin and just being obsessed, like I'm sure most of the listeners are, you know, they're just down the rabbit hole on Bitcoin Twitter, listening to podcasts. Yeah. Um, I was, I was getting really obsessed with, uh, multi-sig and custody thinking about my own, like, how do I secure my own setup? Hmm. And so what I started doing, and this could be, uh, you know, applicable to the listeners. I was just, um, I wrote a guide, like I literally just wrote an article using Unchained's open source tool called Caravan. So I wrote a guide, like how, how do you use Caravan to secure your multi-sig setup? And I, I'm pretty sure I remember I had like pros and cons too. I gave them some feedback. I was getting close with the team on Twitter, just kind of DMing people and interacting with them on Twitter. So I think it was a combination of proof of work, like contributing, showing that you... Some upfront understand. work. Absolutely. Upfront work, mm -hmm. um, not expecting anything in return. And, and then just kind of, I don't want to say the word networking. Networking is not the way I think about it. It's more just becoming friendly with people. Sure. Um, and just becoming friendly with people on Twitter and then... What I was also doing was going in person and seeing these same people again and again at conferences and meetups. And I mean, I remember I I probably pestered Will for like Will Cole, who's my my previous boss at the time. Mm. Um, I remember I pestered him for maybe a year, just checking in every couple months or something, just be like, "Hey, or what do you think? What's going on?" And uh, yeah, so combination of proof of work, combination of just staying in touch with people and being respectfully persistent, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then also just practicing your actual craft, right? Like you can't, you can't be a, a Bitcoiner and then like a crappy designer and then expect to be hired. So you have right. to actually know what you're doing, I would say. 
Okay, so with Unchained, was there like a position open up or that you they, you kind of make your own position? Yeah, so I think in our case, the, the position opened up. Like I'm pretty sure there was like a big fundraising or something and mm-hmm. we were kind of waiting on that. So the position opened up. Um, yeah, uh, that's kind of what happened, yeah. Okay, and then what was the interview process like with them? Like how many rounds? Yeah, um, that's a... Any assignment for anything, presentations? Yeah, I, I think... So because at the time, gosh, Unchained was... It must have been like 25, 30 people, which hmm. is a lot smaller than it is now. I think Unchained has maybe crossed that 100 mark, probably, um, if not more. Yeah. Uh, so there, there wasn't a lot of process in place, at least at the time. So it was very casual. I remember meeting Will. I remember meeting Parker. A lot of it was culture fit. So, hmm. uh, you know, making sure you're actually a Bitcoiner and you get the values. And, um, and I think part of it is also just the, again, the proof of work that you're putting in ahead of time and the, the relationship you build over time mm-hmm. it probably makes that process easier. Like, even if you think from, you know, if I put my hat on of like being on the design team, if I'm hiring a designer, it makes it a lot easier if either you're recommended by someone or mm-hmm. you've been interacting with this person for a long time, you've seen their work, you know, they're a strong Bitcoiner, you know, they're not a crazy person and you can actually interact with them. Mm-hmm. So I think a combination of those things make you a lot easier of a hire and just reduce some of the friction there. Yep. Got it. Okay. And what kind of design work were you doing with Unchained? Like what were your special specialization in? Yeah. So kind of what I was talking about in the, in the first couple of minutes, I kind of jumped the gun on like what design even is. But if you think about what a product designer is doing or a software designer is doing, they are working very closely with engineers and marketing and, and all these kind of teams to not only think about what do we want to build, how we want to build it, but like actually talking to users about like, what do they even need? Right? Like if you think of Unchained, starting with, okay, we have a custody product, talking to users and understanding what are their pain points? What do they need? What do they don't need? uh, What is too complex? Mm -hmm. Um, So it really is architecting the product and you work hand in hand with engineers to talk about like, what are these technical constraints? What, what can we do? What can we do? Cause you can't just magically do anything. Right. So um, that's a lot of what a, what a designer does at a high level. Mm-hmm. And then of course there's specific tools, right? So you're the way I think about design is you're kind of solving problems with experience design and visual design techniques. So a lot of people kind of just look at only the visual design part. They'll look at the colors <laughs> and the fonts, uh, which is fun and great. Uh, but that's one aspect of a much bigger, um, uh, job that the designer I would say is doing. Got it. What um what exactly are you doing now as a designer? Yeah. So a lot of what I've been doing lately hmm. what was that as a freelance designer. Yeah. So a lot of what I've been doing lately, nuts and bolts wise, is pretty similar to what most designers do just day to day. But what I'm doing now is kind of with a lot more um, diversity of teams. So I get to work with. Uh, I think you mentioned, uh, you know, been working with like the Fetty team. I've worked with Zeus and Mutiny and a bunch of these companies. Um, and that's kind of cool because you get a, a wide variety of uh, products and teams to work with. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I would say day to day, it's very similar in the sense that you're solving problems at the end of the day. Like a, a software designer is solving problems um, using those visual design techniques and experience design techniques, always keeping uh, uh, the user uh, at, the, at the forefront, you know, in their mind. So. What a, I'm I'm very very beginner to design work. Yeah. What what other software tools are you using right now? Yeah, tool wise, I would say you know, if, in terms of the high fidelity kind of final, um, 
what you're handing off to an engineer or you're working with an engineer to build. Figma is kind of the, the gold standard at this point. There, there was a okay. period where okay. um, Sketch was big. And before that, people were using Photoshop and a bunch of other stuff. That was honestly before my time. Mm -hmm. um, but Figma is definitely the, um, the gold standard at this point. And then honestly, a lot of people use Figma even just for the, um, the beginning research of a product uh, of a project. So you're, you're gathering information, you're doing research, you're putting resources together, you're using a tool like FigJam or Figma mm -hmm. um, or Miro. There's a lot of these tools that kind of help you almost like whiteboard what you're doing digitally mm -hmm. and then, you know, synthesize all that into, um, a user flow and a, and a design architecture um, so that we can actually get that built. Got it. Okay. Hey guys, real quick, as a Bitcoin focused recruiting firm, our goal at Bitcoin Talent Co. is to bring as many professionals into the Bitcoin industry as possible. Since we don't run ads, our one ask is to rate, review, and share this podcast with friends and family so more people can find this show. Thanks. And now back to the interview. Um, so you mentioned you're working with multiple companies right now. And I'm sure the work's a little different across the board. What we're seeing right now at Bitcoin Talent Co. is companies need designers, but maybe not full-time designers. Why do you think design work um, maybe only maybe better off efficiently for companies to to hire someone part-time rather than full-time, uh, especially a Bitcoin company? Like, why is that happening right now? At least, dude, that's such a good question, and I've been thinking about that myself, and just kind of talking to other designers and getting their thoughts as well. I think there's pros and cons of both approaches, uh, like like anything else. So um, the benefits of hiring in-house, I would say, uh, full-time is you're kind of, you're, you're immersing yourself in a single problem for a long, long, long period of time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of the only thing you're focused on. So I remember at Unchained, I was, that was my whole life was thinking about um, multi-sig, thinking about self-custody, thinking about how are users interacting with that. And there's definitely benefits there for the company, right? Where this single individual is, all they're doing is thinking about that. Yeah, they're bought in too. Exactly. They're fully bought mm -hmm. in and they kind of become a, more of a spokesperson for your company as well. So there's a lot sure. of benefits in that regard. Maybe the obvious con, especially during like tougher times. And I think we're, we're starting to get into a, a bull market, which is nice, but yeah. the last couple of years, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, you're tightening your, your, uh, what's your, your belt or whatever it's called, whatever the phrase is and yeah. your, your wallets are tight. Um, so in, in those situations, it could make sense to um, have someone on a part-time basis. Uh, you, you don't have to deal with you know, all the overhead of hiring, you know, like healthcare and all these kind of things. Um, and depending on the person, you know, you could, you could get a great amount of output from them uh, as long as you set expectations in terms of like, hey, this is, I, I think with, with freelance, you want to make sure that either you're working with someone who can kind of guide the company in terms of what is the best outcome mm -hmm. or the company themselves should have a pretty clear, um, a pretty clear idea of what they want out of it. So for example, if the company has an existing designer, so they have one designer and they want to augment that designer with like a couple of freelancers, yeah. that might make things a little bit easier because now you have a point guard who's kind of like right. almost leading Project this team of freelancers. Sure. Exactly. And they have a better sense of what we're looking from a design, design perspective. So. Yeah, I would say that that makes sense for like for medium-sized Bitcoin companies, which I'm saying like let's just say ten to fifteen yeah. employees or so. Maybe that would make sense having one yeah. full-time designer and then a couple part-time designers too. Um, exactly. I wanted to ask you. I forgot before when we were talking about what you do yeah. day to day as a designer. What is it like working with other Bitcoiners um, compared to the previous design jobs you've had? 
man, it's, uh, it's completely different. I, I can't stress that enough. It's like, um, I remember Unchained uh, was and still is um, just filled with a bunch of hardcore Bitcoiners. And there's a lot of teams like that, like River and Fold. There's a lot of companies that are like this. And it's a totally different vibe because people aren't kind of just clocking in and out. They, they really, really care. And yeah. that, that I noticed that from everyone. And I, I know you noticed that as well, just other people you sure. talk to and, and even just in Bitcoin Talent Co. So yeah. um, it's a completely different vibe when people have a shared purpose and shared vision. It's a lot easier to kind of just, um, once you have the why, you can get through any how pretty much, right? So um, yeah, that's what I felt. Yeah, I think having that shared mission is really the key point. I remember my uh, fiat job, if you will, back in the day, I would be yeah. racing to get out of the office when I come leaving time and so would basically everyone else. It was exactly. we were there for the paycheck. But when you switch your mindset, you're, you're thinking to, I'm working for something that's greater than me. I want to be a part of this. I want to push this thing forward. That's what makes you want to work those extra hours. And that's everyone else is around you doing the same thing. It's just contagious and everyone's just compounding and working harder and harder and harder. And it's just a great time, honestly. You just feel better ultimately overall. Um, yeah. Feeling Dude, it's so sad. It's it's so contagious, and even just virtually on Twitter, even if your team is not there in person, yeah. the the it really is a contagion. Anymore. Yeah, absolutely. The it really is a contagion that spreads. Uh, that spreads. I remember in the Bay, we had like um, we had Visa, like Visa's office next door, and I remember seeing them on a Friday leave at like two, like pe people coming in at eleven and like leaving at two or something yeah. crazy. And that's just not the case in Bitcoin. Like, there's so much more skin in the game. I feel like in this industry. Mm -hmm. And even just, you know, you know, people and everyone knows each other in this small industry mm -hmm. and you want to almost prove to others and prove to yourself that like, I'm going to kill it. I'm really going to kill this. And yeah. because everyone's going to be watching me and they all know that I'm, you know, that I'm responsible for this work. So I think there's a different level of accountability too, especially when this industry is so small. <laughs> yep. I agree hundred percent. I want to switch over now to the Austin Bitcoin design club in Texas. Um, tell me how, when and how that got started and off the ground. Yeah, dude, that this the, ABDC has been a really fun ride. So I think we we've done over a year of meetups at this point, which is crazy to think. Um, I believe how we started was I think it was Car Car. Um, he runs Pleb Lab here in Austin. Okay, I'm pretty sure a while ago he was just like, we should start we should start like a design meetup and. Um, I'm pretty sure he reached out to Paul first, Paul Miller. He, he's on, um, uh, Mutiny wallet. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I, I don't remember how he approached me or if I approached him or whatever, but basically the three of us kind of got together and we started this. And I think part of the reason was we felt like there was a need for, like we have bit devs for the hardcore technical Bitcoin discussion, but cultivating this idea of, um, having good design and good experiences in Bitcoin is like really, really important. And oh, yeah. I'm sure you agree. It's like, we're going to need that more and more going forward. I'm seeing that with BitKey and all these different products. So cultivating that community here in Austin has been awesome. I mean, we, we have designers, we have front end engineers, we have product people, we have just Bitcoiners who are like, I want to learn more about this design. I want to learn more about this and I want to contribute. And uh, so it's, it's been awesome. Yes. Yeah, so you and a couple of guys got together. You had this idea. Bitcoin's yeah. open source. He said, I'm just going to do that. I don't need permission. I'm going to start this club. Uh, yeah. Start putting the word out there. And what exactly are you presenting during this club? Like, what is the the structure of it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we get around, I would say, 30-ish people every month, which is kind of crazy for such a small meetup. And what we yeah. do is 
what we do is like the first half, if anyone's bit to a bit, a bit devs, anyone that's listening, they'll kind of know this format where it's kind of Socratic, Socratic style, where uh, what we'll do is we'll bring a bunch of news and articles and inspiration in the design world, but also like, so a lot of it is Bitcoin, a lot of it's just design. So some of it's education, some of it's mm -hmm. like integrating that design knowledge into the Bitcoin world. And some mm -hmm. of it's just updates, right? So like if Fetty ships something new, that's really well designed, we just highlight that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the first half. It's very Socratic. It's very um, uh, discussion based. So people raise hands and uh, there's uh, very interactive. Yep. And the second half, what we started doing was we started um, highlighting other companies and other products or, or oh, products yeah. and services. So what we do is we, we do a design critique. So the mm. second half is always a design critique. And we we basically either get get someone in, in person or, or virtually. So um, I remember once we had uh, the Strikes head of design, really cool. He called in, he zoomed in, and we basically did a, a, a live design critique of Strike. Mm. Of the strike app and we've done this for zapparite or not zapparite yet we've done it for sacker news um we've done it for a bunch of these products and what's great is the company or the team they get live um basically a live usability testing session right there yeah. and what's great for the audience is they get um they get a muscle that they start, start like um uh, working out this muscle of how do i think about product design based on all the educational stuff we did in the first half so it's kind mm -hmm. of this, a uh, cycle of like, oh, I learned something. Now I can apply something. So that's yeah. been pretty great. What year do you found the club? Oh man, uh, what is it? Twenty twenty three. I think it was last year, so probably twenty twenty two. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Are there any other ones in the U.S. or just you I guys in Austin right now? I think we're the first ones. I think we're the first and only ones. Um, I was talking to a couple of people who might want to set one up. Yeah. Um, and I think they should. If anyone's listening and like you want to start one, feel free. I think the more the better. Yeah, like like you mentioned, like how there is a general Bitcoin meetup in every major city now. There's also bit devs there too for the engineering side. It makes total sense for there to be a design meetup as well in every major yeah, city. Yeah, and, and and just to give a shout out to Austin, I mean we have like we have a, a bit devs, we have Sign Club, we have a Lightning specific meetup, and we have yeah. a general kind of more Austin Bitcoin Club kind of uh, uh, newer newer people kind of focus. So it's every week there's something going on here. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's. That sounds like a lot of fun, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those those uh, sessions you were talking about during the design club, they sound very resourceful. So anyone in the area should definitely get out there. Um, are you guys doing any kind of workshops at all? Um, I don't think we've really done any workshops, but that's a great idea. Well, one thing mm -hmm. I should add, though, is for anyone listening, if you're just curious about what we talk about, we don't record anything, unfortunately, but we do have links to everything we talk about, abdc.dev. Uh, okay, so that's if good you're to know. curious about design and you just want to kind of read what I'm reading, essentially. <laughs> yes, yeah. feel free to take those take a look at those links. Basically, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk some more about online resources then for people in the design space searching for a job. Um, I know there's at least that Slack group, Bitcoin designers. Yeah, can you just talk through some resources people can check out? Yeah, definitely Bitcoin design. Um, I think it's Bitcoin design actually is is their link. And what, what they're doing is what that, that kind of group is doing is uh, there's a really active discord. So um, the discords is uh, there's a lot going on there and um, there's a combination of things of what they do. So there's a lot of research going on. So I know um, Mo and a bunch of people do uh, user research or like uh, UX research on um, basically people, you know, 
users of, of different Bitcoin products, different open, open source products, and they mm. kind of compile that research and you know give it back to the team. So that's a useful um, service. Mm. And not just useful service for the team who's receiving it, but mm. let's say you're new to you're new to design or new to Bitcoin design and you want to jump in, that could be a good place to explore contributing to. Just jump into one of these calls. Like I know they have like a Fediment weekly call. I know they have calls with um I think they've worked with Geyser Fund, they've worked with a bunch of these different open source products and also companies um, just providing feedback that way. So it's an interesting place to just lurk at the very least. Okay, great. Yeah. So on top of those resources, what's, I guess, an overall general piece of advice you give to someone seeking to transition from their, their fiat design job into the Bitcoin space? That's a great question. I think, I think there's two things. One would be kind of what I said before is like, even if you're a hardcore Bitcoiner, you got to be a good designer or you got, you have to be a good engineer or like whatever sure. that is. Right. So you have to start with the foundational principles of like, what is design and you get, get used to Figma, get used to designing things, even if they're just like mock things, even if there's, it's copying other products, you got to start there. And like I said, there's a lot of resources. YouTube has a lot of stuff. There's a lot of podcasts. Maybe I can share a link or something later, but hmm. um, design Twitter, follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I share a lot of design stuff. I, I retweet a lot of design stuff. Um, so I think that's one for, for the actual skill side because yep. you need the skill and then you also need the network and then the, uh, the people side, definitely so just someone, on Twitter. someone's already working as a designer with a couple of years under their belt. They have that skill yeah. side. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about how do they, the networking part of it, I guess. Yeah. I think a big part of that, kind of what I was saying is just, uh, just getting to know people, even just on a casual level. Um, so maybe there's two, two sub branches there. One is just being active on. Twitter, Noster in person is great. Like meeting people in real life is awesome. Like yeah. I know a lot of design friends um, who are not very active on social media, but they come to these in-person things and it's like, oh, now I know you, it's great. And next time I'm hiring, I'm gonna think about you. Um, so that I think on the social side is, is very important. I think mm -hmm. sharing work is also something that I could get better at to be frank, is like, I, I would love to start doing that more. And I see that with some designers as they, um, they actively share the work that they're working on hmm. and that helps in multiple ways. It helps you get live feedback, but it also shows people like, Hey, I'm doing cool stuff. Um, they'll think about you more, uh, you know, if, if they're hiring in the future or if they want to work together professionally in some regards. So I think sharing your work and just being active and just being friendly online, I think it's, it sounds very simple, but yeah. honestly it works. Yeah. I think you mentioned earlier in the show too, how you do with Unchained, putting that upfront work in, I think that would be very helpful too. So if you 100%. see a Bitcoin company that needs some extra advice and could use some extra help, just pitch it in, spend a couple hours, help them. And I'm sure they'll receive it very well. And that'll open up your opportunities a lot more in the future too. So a ton exactly. of ways to go about this, um, but at least you could hit Sal Hill up and he can get you on the right track, provide you with some good resources that you said throughout the show too. Um, yeah. As we have like maybe like 10, 15 more minutes, here's wrap the show. I want to switch this over to just living in, in Austin in, in 2023. What's it like? Because I'd say from my perspective, Austin's probably the, the mecca, the hub of Bitcoin right now, maybe besides Nashville in the US. So yeah, what is it like being a Bitcoiner in Austin in 2023? Dude, uh, being a Bitcoiner in Austin is, is amazing because I think part of what's amazing about Austin is there's so many Bitcoiners that 
um, you almost kind of move past the Bitcoin part. It's just like, we just assume we're Bitcoiners. Like we all know we love Bitcoin. It's, it's great. Bitcoin's awesome. But we've almost moved past that point to now it's like just a very tightened community. Oh, yeah. You know, we, um, there's a Tuesday night um, wine, wine meetup. That's just, it's a, technically Bitcoin and wine, but really it's just a bunch of friends hanging out and, you know, having a wine tasting session. Um, shout out to Matt who kind of runs that. Mm. Um, so th there's just a lot of these things, Saturday morning farmer's markets downtown, you know, like me and a couple of friends will just go there and we'll end up seeing like Marty and Katie and all these people just like, they just happen to be there and mm. now we're all hanging out. So it's, uh, this kind of stuff happens so often and just kind of working in the Bitcoin commons, you'll see Parker and Jimmy song and Will Cole and Marty's obviously working out of there. So, uh, and the, the mutiny guys work, you know, work out of there too. And Pleb lab. So there's just such an energy um with bitcoiners in austin it's, it's it's like palpable and you feel it all the time and i wouldn't have it any other way yeah yeah i feel that i completely agree whenever i go to like a bitcoin event i'm always like, my heart's like so filled honestly after so yeah. i kind of selfishly ask that because i'm looking <laughs> to move to a bitcoin centric city and just like curious what what other people on the ground how, how they're thinking about it how they're feeling and it seems like overall people seem to really enjoy hanging out with other Bitcoiners. So that seems like it'd be a really good investment. So I know like part of we're talking about jobs. Um, part of your overall happiness is you spend so much time in your job is you want to work with people you enjoy being around. So being around Bitcoiners is a very special thing, very special thing to have. Uh, and that's only available in a handful of cities right now. Um, so yeah, and I, I think it's also helpful just in terms of and not not all Bitcoiners are the same, obviously, but mm. um, it, you want to be around people who share your values and exactly. it tends to, on average, it tends to be um, almost like a shortcut to be like, oh yeah, we, we probably have similar values or at least have some shared overlap. Um, so mm. in that sense, you just like, you have an instant group of friends um, and it's it's just awesome. Yeah, you just elevated happiness really overall. That's the whole point of this yeah. life. Let's, let's build some things and be happy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned before to the Bitcoin Commons. What exactly is the Bitcoin Commons there in Austin, Texas? Yeah, so I definitely don't run the Commons. Shout out to Kaylee, who basically uh, runs everything to do with the Commons and does a killer job. I don't know what we do without Kaylee. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's essentially a co-working space, an event space, um, basically the heart of downtown Austin. So Sixth and Congress, um, right next to the Unchained office as well. So Unchained is a big partner. Um, in the commons and we have a lot of great sponsors or the commons has a lot of great sponsors, including Unchained and yeah. Fold and a lot of these companies, but yeah, it's a co-working space. Um, so a, a lot of companies work out of there. A, a lot of Bitcoin startups work out of there. Rather, we have uh, crowd health, Andy, we have mutiny, um, Parker works out of there. Um, and it's also an event space, right? So those weekly meetups I was talking about, they all happen in the commons. So yeah. lightning developer meetup, bit devs, design club, um, and of course, uh, Marty, uh, TFTC and uh, Rabbit Hole Recap record out of there as well. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot happening. Yeah. I think it's one of the coolest things in Bitcoin, honestly. I, one of my favorite times being in the space the last five years or so is my first time stepping in the uh, the commons, I think earlier this year, March, 2023, and just getting this sense of like uh, fulfillment. I don't know what it was. Just this energy was so high, just being around other Bitcoiners, knowing we're all here for the same reason, the same on the same mission, like we discussed before. Um, so hope to see more of these co-working spaces pop up in the future here. I know there's one in Nashville, Bitcoin Park. 
Um, if you look at the trajectory of Bitcoin meetups overall, at least in the US, you had a couple isolated ones in the beginning. New York City, I know, was a big one. And then, you know, throughout the US, some of the bigger cities got meetups. And then underneath them, they started making bit devs and they started spreading out to smaller cities as well. So it's yeah. growing. And now you guys have the design one. So hopefully more of these co-working type spaces open up soon. Because I think that creates the real energy to push Bitcoin forward. Um, like we were talking about before too, working with other Bitcoiners, even if they're not directly in your company, still being around them. There's something magic about like, you can just like peek over someone else, see what they're chipping, what they're yeah. working on, chipping piece of advice or something. Yeah. What's, what's that like uh, being I, in the ground in the comments working there day to day? It's, it, it really is incredible. And, and when you said that about just, even if there's just a few people, like if you're in a city that doesn't have a lot of Bitcoiners and there's just like three or four of you and you just get a shared office space. I remember Pleb Lab, I think this was 2021 or something, their first office. So they're, um, I think now they're on their third third office, but the first office was really just a small room, essentially. And there was just like five people, five startups, but essentially five people working out of there or something like that. And even that was just, you're, 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 you're working on, you're working really hard day in and day out on these really hard problems. And it's a lot easier when you have people who are going through that with you right next to you and you can kind of um, bounce ideas off of them and things like that. So yeah. um, I, I, I saw that when I visited Pleb Lab, I see that every day when I go into the commons is just, you know, the mutiny guys are here, the Fetty guys are in another room and there's always cross pollination. Like mutiny can just knock on their door and be like, Hey, you know, I had this question about this thing and vice versa. Um, yeah. Part, like I, I said, think Parker. that's very special, which we're missing in this now remote world of work, um, yeah. having that co-working space, even cross-functioning companies all working on this Bitcoin mission. It's just, it's such a cool phenomenon that's happening right now. Man, I need to get my boots on the ground too. Maybe in Do Austin. It. I, I have to give a shout out too, as, as I'm obviously biased to Austin and, and Bitcoin Commons and everything going on here, but I have to give a shout out to uh, the park, Bitcoin Park. Yeah. Matt, Harry, and Rod, just incredible work. If you haven't been there, you got to go. Like I haven't just, been uh, yet. Yeah. We're actually, Bitcoin Talent Co. is now official sponsor of them. Um, nice. I think I'm going to try to make it to an event in January 2024 this year. Uh, but I th I'm going to be teasing this out. We might be doing some kind of takeover month uh, later in the year, 2024. So keep an eye out for Dude. that. How to get a job. Nice. In We're running a workshop or two. So awesome. Um, Very cool. Yeah. But after that plug, so after, uh, as we're wrapping this up here, so um, yeah. I want to talk about the the future of Bitcoin design. I guess, what are you looking forward to over this decade and, and what do we need to improve on really? Ooh, that's, let me think about that. I think, I think the big thing people working on Bitcoin products should think about more is try and have more empathy for the average person that's out there because the, I'm sure a lot of us have talked to just normies who don't really think about Bitcoin. If you're starting off really strong with you need to do this and do that and self-custody and coin join and all these kind of crazy things, um, it, it's going to turn people off right away. And I'm optimistic because I see, I see more designers, I see more strong designers working on products going forward. So like, like Fetty is a great, um, great team. Obviously the block team with BitKey, Cash App and all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. They're really thinking about their user um, and not applying their own assumptions to the user. They're really thinking about, they're talking to their users and really understanding what are their problems. And I would love to see more, um, more Bitcoin companies do that rather than just kind of, uh, uh, just kind of building in a silo, I would say. 
Um, okay. I, I think that's going to be great for all of us. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess, yeah. So what do you, I don't know how to phrase this. <laughs> As you're looking to the future of Bitcoin design, uh, what can be more improved upon? I think it's kind of what I'm saying in terms of just being more user focused and really thinking about. So another is example like, is like, I, what I'm trying to get at is it like, is it the initial step of Bitcoin that, because when you come and design, you have to also assume mm -hmm. that someone has a computer science or not uh, be able to operate a computer. They're able to plug something into a computer mm -hmm. hardware wallet to do multi-sig, all of that. But when we're thinking about design as, as in the future, should we be thinking about those people? What are the very first steps? I guess we should be thinking about as Bitcoin designers to get people on board into Bitcoin and for them to fall down the rabbit hole themselves. Like how can we improve that experience from here and throughout this decade? So it's easier to onboard people. Yeah. That's a, that's a yeah, yeah. That's an awesome point. And, and a lot of people I knew are working on stuff like that. So I think re reducing the barrier to entry. So reducing friction for getting started, like you can always get really complex in your setup later on, but I'll give you an example. Like, uh, the, the mutiny, the mutiny boys, they have a, a crazy private self-custodial wallet, right? But, and anytime you send or you receive Bitcoin, you have to open a channel and there's fees and all this kind of stuff. But what I love about what they're doing is they're really thinking hard about how do we reduce friction to onboarding these new users? So from a design point of view, they're thinking, okay, that's the objective. What tools do I have available? Oh, Fediments. Maybe I could use, I could integrate like a, a eCash or something. And so now when a new user receives Bitcoin, they don't have to worry about all this crazy stuff. And yeah. then using progressive disclosure, they can over time level up their you know Bitcoin sovereignty over time. So I think I'm, I think we're going to see more of that of people starting small and then being guided to become more self-sovereign over time. Yeah, I'm seeing that right now, at least when you see these custodial wallets, like I'm thinking Wallace Satoshi is one of my favorites. It's so easy to onboard people with that. Yeah, um, and then yeah, once they start getting some, they see number go up, then they they graduate to something else and go down the rabbit hole. So yeah, okay. I think that's that is something for designers to be thinking about throughout this next decade as Bitcoin grows here. Uh, we're not stopping. This industry is continuing to grow, and me and Sahil will be here to keep growing it in person and virtually, and on Bitcoin yeah. Twitter, Nasser, all that good stuff. Sahil, thank you so much for your time today. Um, signing off here, how can the audience get in touch with you or at least follow you on social media? Yeah. So on Twitter, I am, uh, Sahil C zero. That's S A H I L C zero. I wish I didn't have that zero on there. Um, I'm Noster. I'm Sahil at nosterverified.com, I believe. Uh, yeah. So follow me there. Say hi, chat. And, uh, yeah, this is great. Thanks, man. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And I really hope you found value in this podcast. If you are a job seeker looking to work for a Bitcoin company or you're a part of a Bitcoin company and need help with finding talent for your team, please head over our website at www.bitcointalent.co and get in touch with our team. Thanks until next time.